Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Lesleen Does Wellness podcast. This season, we are focusing on the Breathe Deep framework, which is a framework that I have used as a new mom to transform my own life. And I have a, another guest. I got guests, y'all. And this guest, I met her on LinkedIn. So it is, if you're not watching and you're just listening, it is Jennifer. She is going to, she is Jennifer. She is going to introduce herself and then we'll get into it. So take it away, Jennifer. All right. So thank you again for having me on the show. I really was pleased to um, A, connect with you because there's this energy that you just give off, this vibrancy. And I'm like, I need some of that. <laughs> but um also, it just gives me an opportunity, obviously, to talk a little bit more about what I do, which I love. So my name is Jennifer Benoit, and I am a maternal mental health therapist, coach, consultant, etc. So um, what I do is I work with moms in various capacities to help them to um, feel more connected to themselves. I like to say come home to themselves. Um uh, to minimize some of the clinical symptoms that they might be experiencing around anxiety, uh, depression, etc. I also support moms through the things that they're confronted with when they become a mom, all of the trauma that sometimes comes up as a result, right? The things that we're now forced to confront. And so, um, yeah, I work in various capacities, but I'm sure we'll get more into that. Yes, that is a wonderful introduction. So you see, we got somebody with a lot of credentials, y'all. And I like to bring people on. I appreciate you, Jennifer, for saying like you feel the energy that I bring. And I see what you're doing um, on LinkedIn. And it is incredible. And I love I didn't know it was um, that you were that focused on maternal mental health, which I it's something that we just we need more of that. So I really appreciate that you're like, this is what I'm committing to. Um, and I love that you said you like to um, help moms connect to themselves, like come back mm -hmm. to themselves. Can mm -hmm. you like go more into that? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, I. Um, it's interesting. I worked with moms before I became a mom. I was with Healthy Start. And so I would provide a curriculum, like an evidence-based curriculum to help moms who had basically scored high on what's called the Edinburgh scale. And they showed symptoms of depression, right? And so I would essentially help them to reduce their symptoms of depression and, and just feel a little bit more like themselves. But as impactful as the work was, it wasn't until I became a mom and had lived experience behind the things that I was, that I had talked about, um, that I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> yes. yes, I get it now. So, you know, with, with all the training, all the education behind me, I still was not prepared when I became a mom mm -hmm. for just the ways that I I didn't feel connected the same way to who I was before. Mm. Um, I I don't I don't think that I am that person that I was before. There are parts of me right. that are the same, but uh, the fun part of redefining motherhood is also like discovering new parts of yourself, which yeah. I'm really like I'm really grateful for. 
Um, but there's a period where you feel this sense of loss. And I also felt that around community as well, because so much of my world was attached to community mm-hmm. and having my first baby during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, like a profound sense of isolation and, and like just questioning around like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know. Um, and so, yes, I definitely felt like I lost big parts of myself um and the process of coming back home to myself has been hard but also beautiful and um it's been something that's fueled me because i hear it so often from mm-hmm. moms it's not just it's not just me mm-hmm. there's actually a term called matrescence and i'm not sure if you heard of it but a lot of us don't know about it and similar to when we go through um puberty as mm-hmm. women there's like transformational things that happen Mm -hmm. with us in terms of our hormones and things like that. And so there's this actual period that happens with women when we become moms called matrescence that is as transformational, if not more so, um, in terms of the way that our body changes, our mind changes, our hormones, our our emotional like positioning, everything. Mm -hmm. And we're not educated about it. So we're not necessarily prepared for it. And I don't know that we could ever be fully prepared, but it sets us up for feeling shame or guilt or like it's only me yes. and nobody else gets what I'm going through, yeah. that kind of thing. And so a big part of my work is also just normalizing that we all go through this and that you're not alone, sis, you mm. know, and together we will we will be OK. Wow. That. Oh, my goodness. OK. That was an incredible um, explanation of become being a becoming a new mom because like this podcast is dedicated exclusively to new moms and moms that are like or people that are thinking I want to become a mom like what am I about to get myself into and I really I've never heard that word um, can mm-hmm. you spell it sorry as you drink I'm asking what it's always like that the waiter no like, absolutely um, <laughs> can you spell. Can you please spell that word um, for everybody so they can, you know, look it up themselves and whatnot? Yeah, it's M-A-T-R-E-S-C-E-N-C-E. I'm actually going to write about this. Like I started a blog article that I've never finished, but I'm going to write about this in depth because so many people, like every time I mention it, people are like, what's that? I've never heard of it. Yeah. And we need to know, we need to know exactly what we're setting ourselves up for, um, which doesn't change the fact that we want to become moms. Right. It does allow us to feel like I'm not doing this thing alone. Like I'm not, I'm not doing it wrong. Right. You know, there's nothing wrong with me this is you know par for the course yeah and i i like that because it, it prepares you right so you know maybe there is a mom a, a person that is like i'm i'm ready to have a kid whatever and so they're like okay i'm gonna prepare now for this next stage of my life matress matress how do you say it? matrescence matrescence so like i'm gonna prepare for this matrescence because we i've been hearing recently about like once i became pregnant the fourth trimester right so yeah. is matrescence in the, is it once you have the baby, you go through matrescence yes. and like how yes. long does it last matrescence? That's a great question. I actually think from, there's different things that I've read. I think it could actually start 
while you're still pregnant. Okay. Like during the perinatal phase. Okay. There are changes that are taking place. But obviously, like having this little human outside of your body, like <laughs> profoundly makes it more real. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, <laughs> I'd like to hear a little bit more about your story too, because I know that you started this because like the work that you do because of you know your experiences as a mom too and I not to change the subject but Mm. I am also just really curious about like your journey to now all the work that you're doing to serve mothers yeah yeah no thanks for asking Jennifer um my whole the reason I got into all of this is because I was having mental health struggles um after my second child So like I had my son, I was good, you know, and then once I had my daughter and I had them within 18 months. So I got pregnant nine, I got pregnant um, within nine months of like, like my son was nine months old and I found out I was pregnant again. So I didn't even like going back to the matrescence. I was probably still matrescent. Like, you know, so then I'm having another pregnancy again and, um, also, I will say with that, this technically was my third pregnancy. I miscarried my first time, six weeks miscarriage type of thing, had my son, then 18 months later, had my daughter, had my daughter December 2019. So mm-hmm. it is like right before the pandemic, but I always make this joke like, you know, maybe in the future, they'll be like, oh, if you were a pandemic baby, you'll get money. I'm like, she's still technically a pandemic baby because the first year, like she only went out maybe once, like right before the pandemic, we like took, you know, here's the baby, you know, you show your baby, the friends and family, and then the world shut down. So once that happened, um, I just had like, I was really stressed. We all were right. But you know, I had two newborns, my husband, I, you know, I have my husband here too, but it was really stressful. I didn't know the matrescence thing was happening. So at the time, I was just like, I felt very uh, lost. I felt yeah. lonely. And then the thoughts, you know, I had, you know, suicidal thoughts, thoughts of wanting to harm my daughter. And yeah. I always mention this, that it wasn't the suicidal thoughts that stopped me, which is like, that's kind of sad, right? Like, oh, it's not that that would stop you in your tracks. It was me wanting to harm her. And then with also with that, I am a registered nurse by trade. So knowing, yeah, so knowing like, you know, I've I've done behavioral health rotations and things like that. And I've seen patients and, you know, at their, I don't, I don't want to say lowest or worst, but people that come in to get the help that they need. And it's really scary, like being in those facilities, right? So my mind instantly was like, oh my God, if I tell people out loud that I had these thoughts, like, and I, yeah. and I, my nurse brain knows like that wouldn't happen because I didn't act on it. But yeah. um, my not nurse brain was like, you could get like go get put away, Leslie, and like a lot of pride. That's what it was like. Pride was coming up. Yeah. Like you can't say this. You can't. But I was, I felt so lonely. Like I couldn't get out of my head. And so that day when that happened, I remember I took a walk cleared my head. And um, after I cleared my head, I came back inside called found a therapist on therapy for black girls. Um, I had to call like five, I found five, and one called Mm -hmm. back. 
and I've been with her since. So it's been about three years. Oh, nice. I love that. Yeah. I love that you found, first of all, the fact that you, you got the help and it sounds like you got the right help because sometimes people can get kind of disappointed when they're matched with someone and they're like, Oh, this therapy thing doesn't work. I don't want to even, you know, continue to do it. It's not for me. And sometimes it's just a, a, a fit issue, right? right. It's like dating. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that you were able to get that help and, and look at you, like turning your pain into purpose. Like, that's amazing. Thank it really you. is. Yeah. yeah. It's, and now I have this, the podcast, which was just like, it was, it's, this is, this podcast is really um, an act of love, an act of service, if you will. Um, because when I launched it, I had some people read, like I had a person, I have her in my head, who's also a new mom, who was like, just thankful that I'm, that I created this. And I was like, oh, wow, that's so interesting. Cause I kind of had, not kind of, I had a lot of resistance to creating a podcast. Cause I was like, what do I have to say? Blah, 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 getting in my head and, um, just listening to God. And, you know, once you connect to your purpose, what you're supposed to do, you, I get fearful. At, I don't want to say fearful. I get nervous at times and yeah. fear does come up, but I just know like, this is what I, I need to help. There's more people that I need to help. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's amazing. No, no, that's really amazing. And to go back to what you were saying, um, matrescence can last like different periods of time. I I've talked to moms who are like, I'm just now starting to feel like myself now that my kid is around three years old. Some are a little bit older. Some are a little bit, you know, um, it, it, it happens more soon. But I think that there's a lot of factors in place that kind of influence all of that. For me personally, I was also a single mom very early. Mm-hmm. And so that compounded some of the stressors, right? I lived alone mm-hmm. <laughs> with this baby um, I didn't have a, a, an extensive village. And so all of these things kind of made it harder, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you have the right infrastructure in place or you have enough infrastructure in place, I think that it can decrease the amount of time that you're going through matrescence um, or maybe um, some of the other symptoms that might come up around depression or things like that. But this is why these conversations are so important. Because I honestly, before I became a mom, I would have just said to myself, I got this, like, I'm made for this, you know what I mean? Like, I, I always loved the idea of becoming a mom. I was more into becoming a mom than anything else in my life. Like, growing up, I would put, like, a little pillow under my belly as, as a kid and, like, oh. walk around. Like, I, I always was just like, I can't wait to have my babies. Oh. So I thought it would be a breeze. Mm. I thought it would be, like... I got this. And so when reality didn't match up and the environmental kind of factors didn't support me adequately, um, I went through it. And so, and I know I'm not the only one, Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, that's a long winded response (laughs) to your question. Yeah. That is, I like, I, uh, the three years, going back to what you said with, you know, some moms will tell you, yeah, once the kid turned about three, then I started coming, coming mm-hmm. back up for breath. I will admit mm-hmm. to that as well. It was three years old for me as well as around three years old. Um, 
And I remember when they were first, both of them were first were born, me and my husband kind of looked at each other like, when does this get, when do we get out of this? And um, yeah. my husband be on like Reddit. So he'd be like deep in these Reddit threads. And he was like, I was on. he was like, yeah. And so he's always like looking stuff up. And he, he was like, yeah, I read one Reddit thread that said like, once they get four years old, like we're really in the clear. And um, by clear, he means like, so now my son is about to be five. So now he knows, like, he can get out of his own bed. He goes He's more independent. He's more independent. Yeah. So we don't have to, like, you know, it's just those little things. Um, so I just I just wanted to relay that. Like, yeah, it it's interesting. And I, I sometimes I feel weird about this. And so I really did appreciate when you said, like, you've been working with moms, like, before you became a mom. Like, you worked Healthy Start. And I'm familiar with that program as well. And so it's really interesting how you worked Healthy Start, then you became a mom yourself, and you're like, oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. And I just think of myself because my story is opposite, which is one of the questions here which you already answered. My story is opposite. Like, I didn't want to be a mom. So I really appreciate, ah. I like this opposite. I actually enjoy this where it's like, yeah. here's one person that was like, I didn't want to be a mom. And then, you know, you're like, I always wanted to be a mom. And you still, that's the thing. It's like two things can be true. You can have yeah. always wanted to be a mother. And then you still have, you know, your struggles that you go through, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I would really like you to explain, like, go with what you're, what you're comfortable with but like you mentioned that you're a single mom how in the pandemic <laughs> like I don't know how. oh my god it was it was hard it was hard um so although you know my child's father and I we weren't together from the age of she was three months and then we would try to work it out and you know just didn't work. Um, I've always lived alone. Like we've never lived in the same room. Oh, okay. So we worked out a schedule to where he would help me out 10 hours in the okay. beginning. And as you know, 10 hours a week is not that much when you have a newborn. Yeah. She also had acid reflux. And so I would be like having to sit upright on the couch. It was hard. Um, I have a brother who lives in, lived in California at that time. And so he wasn't around much. My mom was working as a nurse. Mm -hmm. um, and so she would come by, but just not as much yeah. as I would probably need. Yeah. Um, understandably. So my dad lived two hours away. And so we only have like four units in the immediate family. Mm. And then I have friends who would come occasionally, but at the same time, because of COVID, we yeah. were very nervous yes. about the precautions that they took. Yes. And so it was also like us saying, Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Because we don't know what the risks are at this time. Like there was a, a, a period of time where we were just, everybody was mm -hmm. wondering like, what is this thing? What can happen? Um, and so we were trying like erring on the side of extra caution. Yeah. Right. But I didn't know how much it would take a toll on me mentally mm -hmm. to be so isolated. And I also really love working and mm -hmm. I stopped working at that time because obviously I couldn't. Um, and I didn't realize like what a, big part of me when we talk about like feeling disconnected from yourself what a huge part of like my identity was around being able to like serve mm. and work and you know by by trade I'm a licensed clinical social worker so just like nurses we serve 
Yeah. So if I'm only yeah. serving my baby, which is the most right. important job in the world, right. it feels like there's also other parts of me that I'm just not um, in tuned with. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it was challenging. But during that time, I also found a therapist and I actually have like rotated therapists. There have been different seasons and different things that I've needed from therapists. And so now I have, you know, another set of people I'm working with. Um, but like doing my own healing work so that I can make space for my clients has been very important. Um, you know, being good co-parents where her dad and I have to be able to communicate well, even if we don't like what the other person's saying, we try to keep her at the forefront. Um, and so now we also have a regular schedule that allows me to have certain days off, which is everything. Yes. Um, her going to school has helped. Oh, yes. Um, me being able to now, like, and I make space in my life. I don't make it just about my daughter is my priority. And I love that. I, I know the years go by so fast and I wouldn't have it any other way. But I, I make it so that my life isn't just work and and Ayo, that's my daughter's name. I I want to also have space for friendships and socializing and doing solo activities because I love my own company mm. um, and doing things that just feed my soul, you know, journaling, going outside yeah. was a big, big help for me during that time. I used to live uh, by the water and just mm. like take these long walks every day. And it was everything. It, it was everything for me. And so over time, I have been able to like get back into the things that are a little bit more lighthearted, not so much in survival mode where it's like, you know, I just got to get through this day, but yeah. I get to have fun and insert mm -hmm. a little bit more lightness and ease into my world. And so that's, that's, I don't know if there's a formula, right? <laughs> that's what's worked for me. <laughs> yeah, that is an incredible, beautiful response. I really, I actually really like talking to single moms because I love talking to single moms who, um, who have found how to find how to prioritize themselves because I, it just, it, I just, I admire you like a lot because I could understand as, as anybody, but especially if you're, if you're a single parent, it can be more child. It is more challenging to, to prioritize yourself. So to know that you're, you're incorporating lightness into your days and you're learning how to communicate better. You're a therapist and you have a, your own therapist. So I like oh, to I make sure, yeah, people need to <laughs> hear that again. Like, you know, J Jennifer said that she is a therapist, but she also makes sure she has her own team of people that are supporting yeah. her. Um, but that's yeah. really important because I feel like people, and you could probably speak to this more, but um, therapy, yeah, it's slowly becoming more mainstream. But I think some people are still like, wait, therapists need therapists? And I feel like, yes, they need it even more so because they're taking in, you guys, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. And, you, and you learn a lot by being in therapy, right? You learn what it is to be a client. You learn, like, how they experience the sessions. Um, and it's, um, like, like, how people say, you know, there's a saying where you don't trust the coach who doesn't have a coach. Yeah. Like yeah. you need to always be in the process of learning and the process of, of like growing. Mm -hmm. um, 
in order for you to fully be able to serve the people that you're there to serve. And so I have no qualms about, about the fact that I have like amazing, um, like you said, team members who are, who are there to support me, which is something I didn't do enough of in the beginning because Mm -hmm. I was always the helper and the one who got it. And so for me, that was part of my issues. Like I did not open my mouth and say, I need help. Like I am in a position where things are dire right now. I need you. I didn't, I didn't say those things. I kept pushing through as a strong woman and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I paid, I paid the price for it. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things. And I still, to this day, I still have to train myself to say, to recognize what the needs are, but then to also verbalize it and be okay with that. Ooh, that, okay. So remember you said the matrescence thing, right? And you were saying yeah. how like we, it's it's pretty much, I really loved how you said it's like we go through puberty when, when we're children and all these changes happen and you know, you get all these things. And then now there's, you talked about matrescence and how we go through a transformation and we um, discover new parts of ourselves. The learning how to open my mouth and communicate <laughs> was one thing I got out of this matrescence I'm using that word now so because that makes me sound smart I'll be like I know what matrescence means um, and she probably will listen to this and start laughing but communicating I have learned how to communicate um, I'm not like a master communicator but I have learned how to open my mouth and say I need help, right? I'm in this space now, though, which I think, you know, a lot of people could, moms could probably relate to this. When you do ask for the help and then like the person's like, I can't right now. And then you're like, shoot, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I wanted to go to this thing or I wanted to X, Y, and Z. So can you go more into like those feelings of pretty much feeling rejected? That is, girl. (laughs) That right there. <laughs> I know it's the list, but oh, I just want to. Good. This yeah. is good. This is good. This is this is the fear that we have, mm-hmm. right? That keeps us from acknowledging that we need people to help us, and and it keeps us from taking off that cape. Oftentimes, I'll hear people say, um, "I don't want to ask for help because I know they're going to say no." Like we're already anticipating the worst to yeah. protect ourselves in some yeah. kind of way. And so some of the work for us, you know, I, I'm sure there's some roots in childhood stuff that, that bleeds into our responses. But some of our work is around like depersonalizing it. Like if a person cannot help you, it doesn't mean they don't want to be there for you. They don't love you. They don't care about you. They don't prioritize you. It just means that at this moment, they just can't help you. And so it's the narrative that we tell ourselves about why people are not there and even generalizing it to be like, oh, there, you know, no one is there for me and I can't depend on anyone. I got to do it. And so it's deconstructing the stories that we tell ourselves, right? And allowing and, and giving those people grace, but also giving ourselves grace mm-hmm. because of the fact that we are human and we can't do it all. Mm-hmm. And so I say that because there's, and I talked about this a little bit on social media, but there's work that we have to do around like leaning into our softness. Mm. And some of that is like, you know what? 
I, I get it. You are having, you do have a lot on your plate as well. Cause a lot of times we'll see a lot of the things that we're going through and we don't recognize that other people have a lot of things going on with them as well. Mm. And just holding space for that person too, in the midst of our own stuff, mm. knowing that it'll come back around. There will be a time when you ask and they will say yes, or they have said yes in the past. Right. Uh, you know, and we forget that. And so mm. I think it's important that we recognize where that core belief around we're going to be rejected or that sense that we're being rejected comes from mm -hmm. so that we can retell the story. Mm. I like that. And I like how you especially, you especially pointed out, remember the time that they did help you because there's a reason that you're reaching out to this person again, because mm -hmm. there was a time where before I've never thought of it like that. To be honest with you, I normally like, man, and then, you know, go into this whole like doom thing in my head. But um, I appreciate you breaking that down because I, it's really important on this podcast that I share with moms, like practical ways of one asking for help because you have to ask for help. You have to have a community um, which that's what I want to get into next. You have to have a community, if that be virtually, in person. You have to have some kind of support so that you do not burn yourself out. Because one of my biggest, I don't know if this is a soapbox, whatever you want to call it, is we become a mom and then we're like, our head is down until the kid is 18. We're like, okay, yeah. once he goes to college, then I'll be able to go on the vacation and do this and that. And I hate to bring it to you. And, you know, we got a therapist here who could, who could say, see more on to this, but that's probably not going to happen because you, yeah. 18 years plus of your life, you were so focused on your child that you don't know how to take care of yourself. And then you're, you're playing catch up, learning like, how, what do I want? What do I like outside of my kids? So I feel like it's so important. Yes. Like moms that have kids newborn to five that you really it is challenging, but you really figure out what what you need outside of your kids because you and your family will be way better for it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, a lot of us women, before we even become moms, we have codependent tendencies. Mm, right yeah and so what that means is that we get a sense of like I'm okay if the people around us are okay mm. or my value comes from the way that I can make you feel and how I serve you right yeah. and so let's say that that's already there and then we become moms and now all of that codependency is transferred onto this child where mm -hmm. our whole world revolves around whether they're happy whether they have all the things that they want they need like our 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 system like a, what, do, what do you call it like the temperature is set by what our kids want and need at any given moment mm -hmm. and it's so easy again to just feel disconnected from yourself so when we talk about like check in with what you need even that can be hard even that, that first step of like, what is it that I need? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know who I am right now. So how do yes. I know what I need, right? And so that's a, another reason I love the work that you do when it comes to mindfulness, when it comes to meditation and yoga, because you're teaching women how to get in tune with their body, 
how to understand first and foremost, what it is that I need. And then part two is how do I go out into the world and serve that need, right? By setting boundaries, by asking for what we need, by being unapologetic, by changing the narrative about how moms have to be martyrs, right? You know, in order to be a good mom. Mm -hmm. And so, so much of, again, I, 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 I see my motherhood journey as just this awakening for myself in terms of my own identity. Yeah. So much of my work has been around like no longer shrinking, yes. you know? um, no longer like feeling the need to be perfect in order to be good enough and really just working around how I can first and foremost ask myself what I need. Like before my daughter even wakes up, it's me time, mm-hmm. you know, let's mm-hmm. fill my cup first, literally. Mm-hmm. And then when she's there and I'm able to serve her and be present with her, I'm not feeling bad about the fact that I also have my own needs and they're not getting met because I'm going to start my day off by first taking care of myself. And so I love that you said that because um, we just, we got to, there's so much work as women. And even I would say as black women, especially that we have to do around um putting ourselves as a priority in order to not just be better moms, but just be better, period. That better period that you took, we're like, you're so in sync because that's my whole thing. It's like, I want the people that, you know, my clients to be like better for themselves. I always say that like better period, everything else will, will will bleed over. Like you'll be a better mom, be a better friend, like yes. be a better employee, like it all, it all, when, when you focus on what you need, um, and I'd love for you, Jennifer, like, I know it was kind of scary at first for me to like, like, what do I need? What do I really want? Can you like go more in detail about that for, for moms? Like, yeah, that may be scared because like, yeah. I know, I know maybe it's like, you're scared that I don't know. Can you just go more in detail about like how we can delve more into our own needs? Like what is, which you kind of already said the f- first step, but can you go more detail? I love that you use the word scared. <laughs> can I say that again? I love that you said that because there is a lot of fear around being quiet and being still yeah. and getting to know ourselves on that level. We don't know what's going to come up, but I, I'm just curious when you say scared, like what, do you mean by it was scary for you? It's what you said, actually, with the quiet, um, yeah. being quiet, being still, which is ironic that I'm a yoga teacher, right? But that was something that was very scary for me, because I didn't know what was going to come up. Um, mm-hmm. And what comes up for me when you ask me that is um, a book I read a, a few years ago, uh, Glennon Doyle, you know her, Glennon Doyle? Yeah, she yeah. Wrote Untamed, is that her most recent book? It's like the colorful book um I believe it's untamed by Glennon Doyle and she talks about uh spending alone time like that's one of her suggestions in the book she's like get quiet with yourself and see what you really want and I remember like listening to her say that because I was listening to an audible and I got scared I was like I don't know like if I want to hear what's gonna come Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. um and I'll even say this much too, it's like, you know, growing up, um, you know, in church and things like that, you're used to praying and things and like worshiping and praise. So it's loud. It's always loud, right? When you're in a, 
in a church and things like that, which is great. Yeah. But then you're not able to hear yourself. Right. So then fast forward to becoming an adult and I'm like starting my yoga practice and they're like, sit still with yourself. And I'm just like, okay, this, this is interesting because I'm not used to this way of, of being, I'm used to like loud clap, clap, praise, praise, which is, which is good. But I'm like, when they're like, sit quiet, I'm like, but what am I supposed to listen for? That's what I'll say. Oh, girl, that's so good. That's so good. You make me like when I do this. <laughs> no, it is. It, you are completely right about that. Because, again, going back to codependency, and even like a lot of us coming from enmeshed families where we get our cues about what to do based off of what our parents tell us, what our, you know, culture informs of us. So we don't even think twice. It's just, we just automatically just do the thing right and so um to and then also just there's so much unresolved trauma that we Mm. carry and you know that in our bodies everywhere right we just are we don't stop to fully process before going into the next the next the next the next I got things to do like you know life doesn't stop and so you know even closing your eyes like during meditation for some people can be trauma inducing trauma provoking and so there's some work to be done right around mm-hmm. a giving yourself permission to carve out the time to carve out the space but also there's a lot of work to be done around first and foremost feeling safe we talk about like maslow's law of, law of hierarchy you know a sense of safety and security are at the very yeah. bottom rung in order for us to be able to like elevate to self-actualization we first have to feel safe and that starts with like feeling safe in our bodies Mm -hmm. you know knowing that even though something feels like what it might have felt like when you were going through a traumatic experience in the past you actually are okay today Mm -hmm. and knowing how to you know um make yourself feel safe in the midst of feeling like no I gotta run yeah you know or I gotta fight Uh, for survival and so this is where I think therapy is a really good technique and then also some of like what we're talking about with what you do yoga Mm -hmm. so just first and foremost let's create a sense of safety and then we can say okay let's let's go beyond safety and start to like really tap into what's going on underneath the surface Mm -hmm. you know how how can we start to listen to ourselves because all the answers are really with it we're so intuitive as beings Mm. and and yet we don't use and access all the wisdom that we have. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, I think that also you, like you said, the voices are so loud. And Mm -hmm. so I think of it like, yes, we can still pray. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. (laughs) Still please. Yes. That is something I, I do daily all the time. I would look like a crazy person because (laughs) I'm driving and I'm talking to myself, but I'm really praying. Yes. And it's okay to do that Mm -hmm. and to um, have all the, the things that help you feel good, the coping mechanisms that can be loud, but then give yourself an opportunity to listen after you ask the questions, mm. give yourself an opportunity to be, be still long enough for the wisdom to arise because it's mm. there. That is so, that is so good. So good, um, Jennifer. Like, ooh, I have to process everything you just said, but 
I will say, because Jennifer here is the therapist and I love th- my therapist so much, I will definitely say when it comes to like, how can you start feeling uh, safe? Go to therapy first, people. Go to therapy yeah. first so they can help you, you know, get it all, unpack all of that stuff. And I don't want to make promises, but you'll be able to figure out what you want. And I also want to say here, we're going to wrap up in a little bit. I also want to say here in the beginning, Jennifer mentioned she does have her own therapist and she's actually went through a a few. So can you explain like, how did you know? Because this whole episode is dedicated, like taking your time on your healing journey as a new mom, Mm. like and all of that. How did you know, like, okay, I need to switch to a new therapist? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, there's there's a level where I would feel like, okay, we've kind of went as far as we could go um, based off of maybe this person's area of expertise, based off of just um, intuitively what I'm feeling, you know? And I don't want to say that this person hasn't been helpful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But we can only go so far. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful to be at this point with you. Now I need to graduate to the next level. Mm. And so like, for example, right now, um, I'm working with an EMDR therapist, mm. right? Um, I don't know if the audience is familiar Let's with um, say it. Yeah, when... the the eye movement rapid, like, um, what is the, the S example? for? I got to look that up. Um, but essentially it's helping me to process my own trauma, um, and to be able to reprocess actually my own trauma. And so I wouldn't have been able to be here in the very beginning where I was just trying to survive and I needed a place of vent and I needed, you know, some level of understanding around all of the various circumstances that I was in at that point, you know, I needed a, a person to remind me to go slow. I remember that first therapist, she was an art therapist and she was all about like, why don't you um, do these small things to just remember that life is fun again. Mm. And so she would tell me like, put lotion on very slowly, you know, take 10 minutes to put the lotion on, feel the way it feels against your skin. You know, what does it smell like? What does every part of your body feel? And like, those were things I needed to be reminded of because I was just go, 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 go. Baby needs this. And I did not really even enjoy the process. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I needed at that point. Um, So yeah, with every level, I just feel like there's signs that you're ready to ascend. Yeah, no, and that's that's helpful for me. And I've been hearing about the EMDR, you know, from various people and, um, that is that is good because as I mentioned, main therapy is becoming more mainstream. But mm-hmm. we all need to know there are different types of therapy that you can use at different seasons of life, right? And I think Jennifer also mentioned it's like you you can outgrow the therapist, and it's not that the therapist like doesn't know what they're doing. It's just like you use them for their their level of expertise. So then now. As you're ascending on your level of awareness, you find somebody else, but it's not like, oh, you're going to talk crap about the previous person. Like it has nothing to do with them. It's just, you have to um, figure out what do you need? So I really appreciate that you shared that, you know, you're now 
doing EMDR, which is a different type of therapy, but it like is more, um, I know it's like you said, the eye movement and stuff like that. Yeah. So knowing that there is various types of therapy and it's not a one size fits all. And therapy is not just like Jennifer also said, venting to a person. Like that's one type, but there's all these different types of therapy um, that you can do. So as we close, Jennifer, um, is there anything else you want to say before you tell people like where they can find you on social media? What do I want to say? Um, so I know that in the beginning, as moms, we tried to do all the right things, quote unquote. Um, and, I, and I know that it feels overwhelming at times, but I want to remind you that the logistical stuff will be worked out. You will be able to figure it out with time using your intuition, using, you know, what wisdom has been passed down familiarly, you know, through culture, through, you know, you learn from that, you learn from Google, you learn from books, you learn from, you know, podcasts, all of that. You know, we have an infinite amount of resources available to us to learn, right? But what I want to encourage moms to do on their journey is to really use this as an opportunity to grow and to expand, not to shrink where we say, now I can't do this and I can't do that. But think of motherhood as your superpower mm. and all the ways that you can evolve because of this. And I'll just share personally, I don't know where I would be right now in my life if it wasn't for becoming a mom as hard as it's been it's also been the best thing to ever happen to me to force me to go beyond my comfort zone and confront the things inside of me that were just dormant mm -hmm. you know um, because I want to be a better human being for her I want to break generational patterns I want to be my fully self-expressed self you know as a model for her yeah. A young black girl growing up in the world. And so, so much of what I do is because I want to be the best version of myself for me and also for my daughter, who's mm -hmm. very much looking at me. And so as hard as it is, and I know that we want to get it all right, we'll mm -hmm. figure it out. But first and foremost, do the work for you, take care of you, and all the rest will get figured out. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. That is, oh man, I can't wait to listen to this as I, you know, edit everything because that was really beautiful, Jennifer. Thank, Thank you. you so much, like for just sharing. You shared so much, like such incredible information. Um, I'm pretty sure people are, you know, making sure they take notes because there, you you shared a lot of great things, especially for you know just us as new moms. Um, where can people find you? Please tell them. Yeah, so I want to share a couple of things. You can find me on social at Jennifer Benoit one. That's my Instagram handle. Uh, so that's J N N I F E R B E N O I T one. Um, there's a couple of other places you can find me on the web. So I have my therapy practice, which is called Mindwell Strategies. And I'm licensed in six states. So you can find me at, um, uh, if you're in Oklahoma, Ohio, Kentucky, Michigan, Connecticut, 
and Florida, I I can see you, right? Because it's all virtual. Yeah. And then on the other side, with my coaching practice, you can find me over at jennifer-benoit.com. And so that's a, a place where I'm doing a lot. I am providing consulting for therapists who are trying to start their own practice and, you know, want to figure out like, what are the go-to things in a, in a consultation call? I'm providing coaching for clients. Um, I, I will be starting a group oh. um, very soon because I think community is everything. And so I'm in the process of building that. And then I also have like courses and things like that coming up. Um, and so I have a lot in the works, but I would encourage people to join my email list so that you can stay, you know, stay tuned to all the things that are going on and just become a part of the community that I hope to continue to grow and grow and grow and grow so that we can, we can support each other and pay it forward. A hundred percent. And is your, how can people get on your email list? Like on your website? Yeah, on both websites. So Mindwell Strategies, which is the therapy practice, there's, you know, somewhere you can opt in and then there's another um, email opt-in for Jennifer Dash Benoit. Oh, and I almost forgot. I have a three-part webinar series starting tomorrow, which oh. is free. Okay. And I want to essentially just provide this as a serve, like an offering to moms. Yeah. The first one is called Mothering the Mother. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about essential self-care practices. And um, we have two more webinars coming up back-to-back weeks. But if you guys get on the mailing list, then you know, all of that information will be shared. Okay. When is the next, like after, cause this, ep- well, they, the people that are listening, it'll be Sunday that this will be launched. So on. Okay. The- yeah. So when will be the next two? So Tuesday, the 30th, and then the following Tuesday, which I think is the sixth. If okay. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And they'll be recorded. So if you join the mailing list, I can always just send the um, the recording from anything that you missed. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer. I Again, I really appreciate you saying yes to being a guest because we've, we've never met in person, guys. Yeah. So it's really nice when somebody like sees what I am doing and like we see each other. So we, we will see, see you other. in the next episode. Yes. Thank you so much, Leslie, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yes.